I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha. And this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk all the horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. And happy Friday the 13th. Times. So to commemorate, (laughs) yes, to commemorate this special day, we are talking about Jamie's favorite the 2001 American science fiction slasher film with a capital F, Jason X. Hi. Look, have you considered how valuable you are? Fame, money, with my help, you can have all. You know, I, I know people, you know, I mean, I have connections. Together we can, we can make a fortune. Machete back. Shit, it's yours. Take it. Just remember who saved it for you. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Yay. Yay. So this movie is directed by Jim Isaac and written by Todd Farmer. It stars Lexa Doig, Lisa Ryder, Chuck Campbell, Kane Hodder, in his fourth and final cinematic appearance as Jason. Good for him. It is the 10th installment in the Friday the 13th chain, and it is the first one since 93's Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. So much to discuss. We're going to be discussing all things Jason X. Maybe uh, just a little bit in other, dip our toes in other movies in the chain, possibly. But spoilers ahead. And Jamie, are there any oh trigger warnings for this movie? This movie is just a one big slasher bloodbath. Uh, deaths in all of the ways uh, with, with ice frozen uh, with the uh, sleeping bags, um, <laughs> um, yeah, the liquid nitrogen, um, punching heads off of cyborgs. Um, this movie's outrageous. But if gratuitous violence is not for you, this might not be for you. Although I'm happy to convince you otherwise. <laughs> I am excited to hear all of the convincing. I am awaiting your passionate speech about (laughs) this movie. It's going to be an exciting time. But before we get into that, and even before we get into our two-minute summary, I just want to ask you guys, because I watched another horror movie this week. I watched Malevolent with Florence Pugh. Have you guys seen that? Yes, I I saw this. Okay, Just a quick, did you like it? Did you not? I had mixed feelings about it. I would say mixed. It felt, it was like, it really flew under the radar. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, where did this movie even come from? And how is she in this? And like, how did I not know? And it was okay. Um, Yeah, I think mixed feelings is, is pretty, pretty accurate. I don't know if this is something we will ever cover on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She was good in it. The story is so-so. I think that's, I agree with that statement. I think that is exactly how I felt. The story was so-so and there was a lot of plot holes and things that were happening. But I love Florence Pugh and I want her to be the new Scream Queen uh, in this particular time. So anything with her and horror related, I was excited to see. And it's on Netflix. I think it's what I watched it on. Yes. So if you just like Florence Pugh, you know, watch Malevolent, but the story is really kind of outrageous. I mean, The Conjuring, we already have our, what, paranormal activists? 
<laughs> so <laughs> I I totally forgot about that. That makes me smile every time. <laughs> it's such a great thing. Uh, okay, cool. Well, let's get into the two minute plot summary that is Jason X. Nikisha, <laughs> this was your first time watching it. You're absolutely doing this. <laughs> Fantastic. No question. What's the plot? <laughs> All okay. Right. We got two minutes on the clock. Are you ready? Uh, no, but let's do it. <laughs> ready, Freddy? Oh, no, yeah. it's Jason. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. And begin. So I don't know how, but Jason is now in some kind of holding cell research factory. It's the year 2010, and they want to cryogenically freeze him so that he doesn't do any harm to other people. They try, but obviously, well, kind of fail, but they freeze him and another girl who was trying to get him into the machine to be frozen. Uh, we're just going to skip some bits and pieces because we got to get to the good part. So <laughs> 455 years pass and earth is now kind of desolate, but there are people still going to earth to look at research and stuff that's still there. And they find Jason and this other girl that was frozen. They take them in, put them in space, going to earth Two. <laughs> and they <laughs> revive the girl and Jason, kind of. But Jason comes alive and then starts killing people because that's all that he does. And so there's one guy who wants one to minute. keep him. Okay. There's one guy that wants to keep him for money. Uh, but <laughs> Jason just kills everyone. And I think that the best part of this movie, which I want to spend the most time on, is the fact that these people now in the future can regenerate folks. And so after Jason is killed by this little robot girl, he gets rejuvenated. <laughs> and now <laughs> it's like a mix between RoboCop Jason. <laughs> and he is going on this killing spree again. People are trying to escape, but they only two people survive well and the robot uh and he tries to go after them even in the space whatevers and some guy that was the lead of the army of the time kind of gets him and brings him to earth two and so now he's in earth two in a lake and it's just kind of fitting that he's back in a lake but Jason is still alive I guess question mark what is this movie that's it you got it you nailed it <laughs> okay so uh, as brian said producer brian said this is definitely my first time watching this but this is a fan favorite of jamie and brian i'm assuming you have also seen this before uh yeah but only because jamie introduced it to me and i do want to say i have i have only seen two friday the 13th movies I've only seen the original one we watched for last year's Friday the 13th. And for this year's Friday the 13th, we, and then we watched Jason X, and then I watched Jason X again. So technically, this is the only Jason movie I've seen. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, okay. I'm just going to start. So Yeah, please. Please. <laughs> Please. We're going to start with our section. We got to introduce the section. So likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, of likes and gripes. So uh, by Jamie speaking of Jason X in the past, I knew what I was going into, okay? It's one of those you love to hate it, but it's so bad it's good type of movie. So that was what my mindset was when I watched it. I'm not looking for something that's going to be, you know, the best thing in the world. It's the 10th installment in this series. My gripes, I just, regardless of how you rejuvenate a character, bring them back to life, I just need some kind of linear consistency in <laughs> how you're bringing this person back to life. And I will say that I, I want to say I watched, I might be confusing. I know I definitely watched the next movie in this chain, which is Freddy versus Jason. That's next in actually both of their chains. So uh, 
there was like a final Freddy, the final Freddy death. And then there was the final Jason, whatever. And then Jason X and then Freddy versus Jason. And the fact that what happened, I had to, I had to summary what happened in the movie before, which is that Jason is dragged to hell. Okay. And then we hear Freddie laughing like, oh yeah, we're in hell together, bud. Like, let's go make, make some things happen. We're going to like dish it up, getting ready for Freddie versus Jason. Right. So then what is the point of having Jason go to space? And my favorite that I researched was that the writer, what Tom Farmer, I think is what I said. The writer said that the only logical next step for Jason in the chain was for him to go to space. <laughs> and that makes perfect sense to me. No, <laughs> that was my big, that was my biggest kind of gripe. If you want to call it a gripe. And when I was first watching this movie, I was thinking, Oh, this is an all right, bad movie. But by the time we got to the end, I said, Oh, this is a fantastic bad movie. <laughs> and it's, because of, like I said before, my absolute favorite like of this is the RoboCop Jason mm-hmm. mesh of it all. The minute that he got rejuvenated, I yelled at my screen in excitement, in confusion, <laughs> in amazement. <laughs> and another thing that I loved is that it was making fun of itself with what Jamie said, sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. And the virtual reality of being put back in Camp Crystal Lake and those girls just taking their tops off and getting into sleeping bags and him beating one with the other. I thought that was amazing. I, I, I absolutely loved it. My favorite kill was the nitrogen and the girl's face being oh. uh, slammed up against the counter. If if I may, if I may, mm-hmm. that is one of the greatest kills in any film ever. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty fantastic. I I I love it. I love a good kill. That is yes. Uh and I also was laughing hysterically because do you know the TikTok trend of um the lady saying, Yep, that'll do it. You don't got to worry about me. You don't have to worry about me. Have you oh, heard yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I laughed so hard because <laughs> The sergeant, when he gets poked, he says, it'll take more than a poke, one poke to take me out. And then he pokes him again. And he said, yep, that'll do it. (laughs) That was just fantastic. So all in all, this is a great, horrible movie that I appreciate. I had a horror, I think you meant to say. (laughs) Great horror. And uh yeah, they were making I mean for and for this film, they were making some pretty okay human behavior decisions of trying to escape. It wasn't super yelling at my screen, what are you doing? It's somebody is on the loose and they're immediately trying to just kill this person and they're hiding, they're not doing anything super, super crazy. Uh but yeah, those are those are my likes and gripes. Jamie. Please, please go forth in your knowledge. <laughs> Man, I love this movie. I'm, at least it sounds like you have a fun, good time. And that that's all I, I, you know, that's all I look for out of this movie is, is just a good time. I don't remember the first time I saw this movie or how I learned about it. I'll also say <laughs> similar to Brian, um, I actually realized like I have not watched most of this chain at all. Um, I think like out of all of the chains that we've been talking about, the ones that I've seen the most movies from are the Halloween chain. And, um, yeah. And I think next would be, uh, would be, um, nightmare on Elm street, but even that one, like I definitely haven't seen them all. Um, so I, I forget how I even like heard about this one. Um, but I think it was on a list a list of like cult favorites. And I was like, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into the, the horror cult scene. Um, and uh, like this movie just like blew my brain up into a million pieces. Um, yeah. I'm like, Oh, space. But here's the funny thing about the space as you were talking about it. If you think about it from the perspective of scream and the sl- and the stab movies, like they've alluded to like time travel and things like that. So like, 
if you're looking at it from that perspective, like we're getting, we're, we're, we're kind of paralleling like real horror movies and what they're doing. So it's not, it's not like totally outlandish because like even in a meta world, they're, they're referencing the same stuff. So I think, I think it's funny that like, you know, of course this is ridiculous, but like, but, but we're following along and then looking at other fake franchises chains in movies that are also like referencing similar things. Um, so I'm all in on space. Uh, I, (laughs) I don't, I mean, they talk so much about like Jason's ability to regenerate, which again, like, so I've seen the first one. I think I've seen the second Friday, the 13th. I've seen then a whole bunch I didn't see. Then I saw this one. And I've also seen um, Freddy versus Jason. And I think, and I've seen the new ones. Um, But yeah, so like, wasn't quite sure how we got to needing to cryogenically freeze him. But I was like, you know what? I'm all in. And then it just like, just keeps getting better and better because you have, you know, Earth 2 what a creative name for our future home. Um, we have androids and also wait, nobody even said this yet, but man, is this a horny movie or what? Everyone in this movie is so horny. It's, it's out of control. It's wild. It's wild. How much death it equals. Everyone is just horny, especially just in, even in the moments where you don't think danger is happening. Okay. And you're just horny just to be horny. All right. We can start there. But the fact that the, the guy who created the robot female, they are literally on the verge of dying. And what a time to just kind of make out and such. Then when you're just in danger, because I guess you just, you don't know if you're going to continue on in your life, if you're going to die. So the logical thing is just to have pleasure before, before you, before you go out of this world. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Hey, yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta do what's going to make you happy, right? Seek out, seek out your joy, seek out your bliss before, before the end comes. <laughs> um but yeah i love like all of the kills in this movie are ridiculous but like also pretty gruesome that that liquid nitrogen scene is like really aggressive um mm-hmm. and and like grotesque but so funny at the same time um and yes. yeah like all of all of the kills take place in ridiculous situations the one where they're like playing the video games and they're like <laughs> derp derp why isn't he mo- what's going on um is just so <laughs> insane uh the part where the the robot also gets like souped up powers and is like yes for weapons and like being insane um just and and also just like nobody cares about what Ro- Ro- what Rowan is saying um Rowan being our main character like nobody gives a shit that she's like this guy is the worst like why no one's taking it seriously and then again like they're all just so horny that they're like having sex constantly and I'm like why why is everyone operating in this way like it's just completely outrageous but again this this movie I feel like is the exception to my like rage when people make insane decisions that don't make sense because Mm -hmm. I think you're already like, I like this movie because I'm already like, Oh, Jason's going to space. No other rules really matter at this point. Right. There's other movies where like, if it's set in reality and people are not acting real, then I'm going to be mad because like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. This doesn't land. But for stuff like this, it's like, Oh, none of this matters. Like there are no consequences. Like I'm not running from Jason in space. So like, who cares that like all of these things and people are doing insane things. So like, I do think it's interesting that despite us talking all the time about like rules and like feeling really strongly about like movies kind of following a certain, you know, certain things like that, a certain structure, this for me is an exception where I can still enjoy this movie, even though everyone is making the 
wackiest decisions. Absolutely. I, I, I can I absolutely agree with that. It's just, it's setting mm-hmm. up the expectation for mm-hmm. movie. I mean, you know, it's going to be like you said, wacky. You just <laughs> let everything happen and you can really enjoy all of the chaos. I love the fast moving, uh, matrixy robot when she did do her upgrade and she's doing all these fast kicks and all of this editing. It's beautiful. It's, oh it's man. Uh, Brian, can you talk to us about your likes and gripes in this? Sure. Um, for the reasons that Jamie just stated, there are no gripes for this movie. You either are all in or you're, you're this is not the movie for you. Like, yes, like, Jason X, Jason goes to space. Like, that's it. But I will say one of the likes that I have from this movie is just if you go in not only knowing Jason in space, you and your head can think of how wild this movie is going to be. And then multiply that by like 10 by X. And uh, this movie is that much nutty. And, and I think that's where it succeeds. I actually think that this movie is, this movie has the potential to be disappointing if it's exactly what you think it's going to be. And it is so much more than that. Um, and that's why this is like a good bad movie as opposed to just like a bad movie that like, it is like it's run of the mill bad movie. Like there's something very special about this bad movie because of just how they like didn't give a fuck of what they were doing. And there's, there's, and like the people who made this, like, I don't know, there's a little bit of love in it. If that makes sense. Like, I mean, I mean, this is a horny movie. There's a lot of love in this movie, but like there's like, I don't know. Like you could see everyone was like having fun. Also like, David Cronenberg is in this movie. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, this movie is a delight and it's wild. And when he, the kills are great. And then when he like levels up, like more, it's Morphin Time, Power Rangers in the middle of that movie. Um, it's great. <laughs> it's the All nanobites. The, the nanobites when he, when he has Stark tech and he, uh, you know, upgrades everything. But yeah, I uh, totally, totally dig this movie and like conclusion there are no gripes in this movie the whole movie is a gripe uh, if you see it that way that's very true yes yeah and and something i do like about this movie and, and and like i like space movies where they're on a ship because it limits the choices that people can make and I um, feel like that's either a very good thing where you're watching something like Aliens and you could and there and and the script is written that some people are making bad decisions and that is on purpose. Some people are making good decisions and or getting lucky. And I think like that's what's interesting when you're in a confined space that you can't get out of. Um whereas I agree with Jamie in this one, like this one doesn't matter if they're doing making good decisions or bad decisions, like Jason's in space. <laughs> Jason is going to kill everything he can possible because he's just a killing machine. That's what he does. I also loved how the other scientist guy who wanted to keep him for money when Jason found him and Jason grabbed his, what, machete or whatever. And Mm -hmm. the guy was like, oh, it's okay, guys. You can come back. He just wanted his knife. (laughs) And then ah. with, him with the, with the get gods, I <clears throat> do want to segue. I mean, this movie is just a gem of kills <laughs> and things. Yes. I do want to ask if you had to name your, your top kill in this movie, what's, what's your favorite? Hmm. Either one can start. I mean, I already said mine. Mine is the okay. the liquid nitrogen head. Yeah. Frozen head. It is. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, I I don't know if this counts. Also, like, I love the liquid nitrogen one. I don't know if this counts. However, I'm going to say it anyway. When they are all, like, when when they're attacking Jason before he gets the nanobite treatment and, like, mm-hmm. he gets his arms cut off his legs cut off <laughs> part of his head shot um, when he's knocked into the machine. That might be my favorite, like attempted kill. Does that count? Uh, it absolutely counts. With, okay. Sorry. I've been on TikTok just too much in the past couple of days. And <laughs> there's also a sound <laughs> that's when girls watch, you know, um, 
crime TV shows and the sound bite is his legs were cut off. His arm was cut off. His tongue was cut out. His head was cut off. <laughs> and the girl's just sitting there eating popcorn. Like doing like, normal yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I loved it. I was, it's quite fantastic. <clears throat> All the kills. I mean, I, I would agree with both of you. Those were both my, um, my favorite of the kills. And even though, okay, we do talk about, um, well, actually this will segue into our mm, brains. Brains Brains were everywhere and nowhere in this movie. And you had to turn off your brain to enjoy this movie, but all in all still great. Even though we know that decision-making is not a thing because the movie is so kooky I just want to throw out that my actual favorite human behavior, good decision-making moment was at the beginning of this movie. And it's twofold. Uh, When Rowan realizes that Jason is loose, Mm -hmm. she runs downstairs in the building. And I was yelling because how can you ever escape somewhere downstairs unless there is kind of a a basement escape type S, which usually there never is. Mm-hmm. But what she was doing, she was leading him to the machine, which I thought was probably of the smarter decisions, if if we were ranking them, of, of human making behavior. But even though this is kooky, was there one thing where you said this is absolutely way too kooky as far as decision making in this movie? Mm. Or was it all just, we're here for the ride? <laughs> which could very well be it. So I'll say... This movie opens up with a research facility under Lake Crystal Lake, and (laughs) they are and they are trying like like the decision was like we're gonna use him to study him for soldiers. I was like, okay, um, this is the dumbest decision. Uh, Nothing will compare to this. Off the top, out the gate. Yeah, just, out, out of the out the gate, they were just like, "Hey, uh, this is how we're setting our film up. Um, y- your decisions from here on out are all going to be mundane and casual." Uh, you know, I, yeah. So I think it's just. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> he, he, him wanting to still sell Jason after Jason starts killing people. Like is wild, also, especially if was he the he was he the captain? I don't remember. Uh, I, I, you know, I've seen this movie like a million times, and like I'm still very confused about what each person's job is. Like, <laughs> I have I've seen this movie do- actually dozens of times, and I I could not tell you like I know who Rowan is because she goes into the future uh, and space. Mm-hmm. And I know who Jason is. Um, I, I truly couldn't tell you what, uh, I know which one is the robot. Um, I have no idea what their job, like what they're doing, who, what their professions are. Some of them are students, I believe. Yes. Which ones they are, I, I could not tell you. I agree with that because I also was trying to piece together, okay, well, who's sleeping with who? And there's a million brown haired girls and I don't understand <laughs> who's, who's who. Uh, but there was just, there were so many, so many students. And so it was just a matter of as he was killing people, then you think, okay, well, who's left? Okay. Was it the girl that was sleeping with the professor? Or was it the other couple that was just sleeping in the, and you kind of eliminate <laughs> eliminate in that way oh i will say one of the brown-headed girls that was freaking out the whole entire movie and then got into the ship that they were going to escape into mm-hmm. and close the door and, and then attach the the fuel yes the fuel wasn't yeah. detached and so she just crashed i thought she absolutely deserved that because she was manic the entire movie and that was <laughs> on my nerves the entirety of the movie it's you're it's, like good. I was she that kill absolutely. Please let's move on. Let's let's go to the next set of people. <laughs> I also was not I will say this. I was not expecting the the uh, of course Rowan is obviously the final girl in this, but 
when I've been watching this for the first time, I really didn't know who was going to be among the survivors in this. Mm. And I guess it's, it's mostly because you're really not invested in every, in everyone because there are so many people, but I definitely didn't think that the nerd tech guy, well, I guess it's the, the nerd. And then, you know, the, the essence of what goodness and virginity and stuff are the people that kind of survive all of that. Uh, but it was still interesting to see that he was amongst the ones that survived because he seemed a little kooky too, that hmm. he would just kind of slip up and trip over something and then <laughs> he'd be dead. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but I do have a question about, for Jamie, mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. shock. Because Rowan, our leading lady, final girl here, she has been frozen for 455 years. Yes, yeah, very casual. Very casual, you know. And when she is, you know, woken up and they tell her that it's been that long, her response was very casual as in, oh, okay, it's been 455 years. All right, well, I'm still alive. <laughs> I guess we'll just keep going with life. Tell me how you felt about that because I felt like she did not have enough shock for what was going on um yeah no that seems like a very unrealistic reaction to her situation in that moment um but also I mean okay so you know how easy would it be for you to accept that type of information I'm sure there might be an element of denial perhaps um like having a really hard time actually internalizing that because it's so outrageous right so in some in some way it's like okay maybe her reaction is is the way it is because like a there's a more urgent pressing threat of like jason being there and wanting to make sure that he doesn't get loose and so like that becomes the priority over oh, uh, you were frozen and now you're in the future and there's Earth too. Um, And like everyone you ever knew is dead. Um, And so like just not even being able to deal with that because of this like more pressing, urgent uh, threat that she has to deal with. But Mm -hmm. I, I could, again, like I could also see, so like there's a prioritization thing happening, but I could also see that just generally being a really difficult thing for somebody to accept. And so like the, the kind of like lack of emotional reaction to it maybe is just speaking to like how easy or difficult would it be to, to like learn this information and like, we might not risk, like, is there a right way to respond when like, something completely unexpected happens or like something traumatic happens. Like when we talk about trauma um, Mm -hmm. and I would imagine that, you know, being frozen cryogenically and then waking up 500 years in the future is traumatic um, (laughs) that, you know, there's so many, there's so many different ways that people can respond to trauma. There's no like right or wrong way to react. And so I think if we're using that perspective, like maybe, maybe her like, lack of outward, like her, her affect, like maybe that is okay because like she's still processing it and it's going to take her a while. And like only once, I mean, I'm really curious, like, cool. Now Jason was like blown up in the earth's atmosphere. <laughs> like what, what, what's your life now? Like, that's what I want to know. Cause I feel like that then is like the harder part. Yeah. That brings about two other questions that I want to ask. So have you ever witnessed someone reacting uh, to shocking news in a super negative way or have heard like an extreme case of someone kind of going off the wall? Yeah. I'm like trying to think to different situations, but I Mm -hmm. think so. I feel like (laughs) having like a very not... uh, (laughs) like overwhelming response because like, I I mean, maybe part of that is like, I've become desensitized to it, which is its own issue. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, I've worked in a lot of like really intense workplaces, like primarily criminal justice and like child welfare, where like a lot of people are receiving really difficult, awful, traumatic news 
all the time. Um, whether that's like, you know, getting the news that, um, like your child is going to be placed in foster care or that like your parental rights have been revoked and like seeing people like have really intense reactions, which is totally warranted and valid. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, like in, in criminal justice, like, you know, people, people being sentenced um, that's on the negative side, but on like the, on the positive side, like people's charges being dropped. Like that's Mm -hmm. like the reaction that people have to that after after going through like, you know, however long their case has been ongoing, um, to finally have that sense of relief and like freedom, um, is, is huge. And like also then warrants that kind of like intense reaction, but yeah, I guess I have seen different reactions. (laughs) It's the fact that you said you're desensitized to it is quite, it's not good, but also why, you know, recognizing when you're burnt out from a field that you're in and like removing yourself from it because of like, you know, you, I I think like when you, when you are in a like helping profession or like some kind of human services profession and you're burnt out, like, I think there's a reality that like you could cause harm to your client population. And like that scares me like very deeply. And I would much rather just like remove myself and like, you know, operate unawares and, and, you know, potentially do something that's like really going to mess with someone. So, um, making a good decision, I feel like both for myself and for like the client population. Yeah, for sure. So speaking on still on shock and therapy, was there ever a thing called shock therapy? This is like a (laughs) random question, but that's what I just was thinking. I feel like I've heard the term shock therapy before. I should probably just ask Jamie about it since we're talking about shock and therapy. So could you enlighten enlighten me, if only, not and and our listeners? <laughs> I are I think you're talking about like electroconvulsive therapy. Like mm-hmm. are you talking about like actual like is that what you mean by shock? <laughs> yes, like people. I, okay, or do you mean like people surprise you and like you have the hiccups and you're like, oh, I'm in shock. Shocked. Um, <laughs> I know why that was like the first thing that came to mind. Um, but if you if you have been involved in shock therapy where someone has tried to scare you, um, please DM us. I don't know what that is. Um, But yeah, ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, I feel like it gets a super bad rep from, you know, movies and the media and like historically in, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, oh my God, why can't I think of the word? Um, oh, like institutions, like when, like in the history of institutions, um, and seeming like a very, uh, like barbaric form of treatment, but, um, ECT, people still do it. It's like still, it's, it's currently still a treatment. Um, and it's, it's primarily for folks who have like very, very severe depression, um, who, who, who don't necessarily respond to other forms of treatment. So it's kind of like, uh, like there some, sometimes you'll see like treatment resistant depression. I don't really like that terminology, but like <clears throat> someone who's kind of explored all of these other like talk therapy, medication, things like that, and haven't really noticed any changes. Um, sometimes this can be a really um, effective treatment for severe depression. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, I I agree with the only thing that I know about it was very negative. And like you said, in institutions and it kind of being more of a harmful thing than a uh, helpful thing. Yeah. And and I I have never like I don't really know any facilities that do it like off the top of my head. And so like a quick Goog tells me that like people typically receive treatment two to three times a week for a total of six to 12 treatments depending on the severity of symptoms. And another thing that I do know is that one of the side effects is short-term memory loss, um, which is interesting because I think that is something that sometimes the movies get right, where like people get certain treatments, um, like mm-hmm. like shock therapy, and, um, 
and uh, like, like totally, well, then it's like taken to the extreme where it's like they have amnesia and they're like a new person. Um, and it's like, okay, like <laughs> you were so, you could have done it. And then you just like took it too far. Right. So close. <laughs> I will say, I will say that one of my biggest pet peeves in movies and TV shows, and I, I understand that I am watching a movie or a TV show. I get that there is a limited amount of time in which they have to tell their story and get to the point. But I do have a big pet peeve of when like somebody goes to the future or somebody like is told crazy news or like they like this one, like they wake up in like the 455 years in the future and they're, they just adapt so quickly to it. And like, so that they can just like continue their story. It really bothers me because like, that's not realistic at all. And I, I like, to me, that's some of the interesting part of it, like them adapting to it in, in a different way. Some movies do it much better than others. Some do it with humor. Some do it with, with like not humor. Um, but, but like Jamie said earlier, like you, you, it's, it's a gripe, but you also accept it because like, it, this movie is what it is, but that in general really does uh, bother me quite a bit sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And you can just have kind of, you know, a, a, a montage of time passing just to give you a little glimpse of, okay, this is how yeah. much they needed to get to where <laughs> they are today. You need you know? more montages. I agree. Montage. <laughs> there aren't enough montages in today's films. I agree. I, I, you know, it's like the montage is like the mega mix of the eighties and we need more of those. <laughs> we need an ABBA mega mix eighties all the time. So fantastic. Uh, so my next, my last question, Jamie, for you is so Rowan and we're, and this is speaking on kind of what Brian was saying, you're thrown into a new environment mm-hmm. and well, in this case, she's forced into a new environment, obviously not going to be this extreme, but for people who do have to adjust to new environments, what are some ways that you can make that a positive adjustment, especially mentally? Like being in another state or, you know, being with even and I, or, or this when people are kind of, are adopted and they're in new families and new environments, things like that. You know, how can one kind of adjust themselves mentally for that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think like acknowledging that change is really hard, um, whether it's like, you know, something, <laughs> something as little as being frozen and jumping 500 years in the future. Um, but change, change is hard. Um, I think like acknowledging, acknowledging it, acknowledging the, the reality that like it's painful. Um, I think like reflecting on our resilience and, and that like, we've been able to, like we made it this far. And so like we have inner strengths and skills to be able to make it through difficult times Um, that like, you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes people use humor to diffuse like tension or, or stress around different situations. Um, you know, acknowledging that it might take a long time to find another sense of like feeling grounded and, and secure in, in this new situation and like, that that's okay. And that that's normal. And like, you know, we, we are, we are creatures of habit. Like we prefer Mm -hmm. things to like be structured and like can things that we can expect and like the unexpected stresses us out. So I think like kind of reflecting on, on all of those things can be helpful as we're like kind of learning in new information, even like, are there good things despite the situation being vastly different? Are there good things that we're getting out of this situation? Like, is there anything positive that could be going on? Um, I think like in the moment, sometimes it's harder to focus on the positive, but like even in the past where there's been, you know, experiences of change, like what are some of the good things that have come out of those experiences? Um, And yeah, just like being kind to yourself because like you're already going through something that's really hard. Like why beat yourself up when, when you're already down? Yeah. Why beat yourself up? Because Jason's already coming after you anyway. (laughs) And he's all, you know, nano bited up. So (laughs) <laughs> not good <laughs> not good i'm good 
Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that happened in this movie, and all I can think about is just the man of God, Jason. <laughs> because that's the best. I mean, oh, like man. you said earlier, Nagisha, I do like that he ended up on in a lake in uh in Earth too. That <laughs> that was that was just like a beautiful cherry on top. Just mm-hmm. a full circle moment and the kids saying, Oh, let's go check it out. Let's let's see what falling star, shooting star just fell into the fucking lake. Yeah. <laughs> and his reign of terror <laughs> continues. On and on and on. Do we have a count of how many in the Jason chain there are total movies? I think I want to say 11 before they redid it. Um, reboot. I think I did watch the reboot too. <laughs> All right. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten. Yeah, Jamie's right. There are 11 wow. before that 2009 remake, 12 including it. Mm. Just shy. Freddy versus Jason counts, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, Freddy versus Jason would have been is the 11th one. Um and then Friday the 13th the re, the you know that remake um Wild. Actually, yeah, I think after Fr- Freddy versus Jason the next Freddy movie was also a reboot, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they were, weren't they rebooted around the same time? Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty close to that. Wait, but apparently this is, I feel like this is nuts information, but apparently Michael Bay was one of the producers for the remake of Friday the 13th. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I just find that very interesting. <laughs> So the yes. Friday the 13th remake or reboot is uh, 2009. The Nightmare on Elm Street one, which does follow Freddy versus Jason, um, is was in 2010. And Freddy mm-hmm. only has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Freddy versus Jason is the eighth movie and Nightmare on Elm Street is the ninth movie, like the remake. We should definitely hit back up Nightmare because it's... New it's Nightmare... Also- well, there's a huge gap between so Freddy versus Jason is 2003 and Wes Craven's New Nightmare is 1994. So there's like a big gap there too, similar yeah. to the other one. But um, yeah, this is wild. So I have I have questions for you. Um, this is kind of a, forget about Jason for a second. Like, <laughs> do you think you could survive? Um, just like go stay sane in uh like a ship like that like you know like that you know sailing you know like sailing like like traveling through space and whatnot like in those confined quarters with the air being pumped in like is that for you or are you just like it would drive you nuts even if you weren't being chased by a nanobotted uh murderer (laughs) nanobotted murderer i for me absolutely not i hate heights in general and i do not like flying even though i like to be in different places and explore other countries but if i had to be in space where there's no escape from anything i would drive myself crazy because i knew that there wouldn't be a way to escape and i'm literally just floating in the air aimlessly it's it would be a ridiculous time my anxiety would be on a thousand percent i couldn't do it couldn't do it jamie i mean how how there's nothing i have no skills there's nothing i'm i'm surviving (laughs) (laughs) at least give yourself a little more credit than that (laughs) what am i gonna do like give jason talk therapy doesn't even talk no, I just mean like, could you like not even survive like Jason, but like, 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 would you go nuts living on a ship like that? I, I mean, where to go? <laughs> probably. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's such a hard question to answer. I mean, maybe not, since we've all like kind of been surviving the pandemic and like being isolated in places that you know, maybe pre 2020, I would have said like, definitely not, but maybe, maybe like a 0.1% chance higher. All right. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> but I'm not surviving anything with Jason with this movie. Not a sure, thing. sure. Yeah. No, um, nobody is. You just have to give up. Brian, what about you? <laughs> uh, I probably could. I think I yeah. could. Yeah. That's all. I think I could. <laughs> I don't, it's like, it's, I wouldn't choose it. It's not like, you know what I mean? I guess also if you had a purpose, like, I think you also have to tie it into like, what is your purpose on that ship? Like if you, Mm -hmm. are you the captain, the Lieutenant, like this is your job. What's the mission? All of that, like definitely helps to give you purpose on that. But if you're just like there without a purpose and like, just like hanging, I'm, I'm sure that's much harder to mentally get around then like i wake up every day and i am the navigator because we are going to this moon to see if there's water or something like that very true i mean it would be cool to take little off-road trips field trips to other yeah other planets <laughs> totally yeah now we're just like full star wars like i'd love to go to, to i'd love to vacation on naboo yeah. just saying yeah, oh that. man Fantastic. Do you have any other uh, wonderful thoughts on this wonderful movie? Oh man, everyone should see it. It's just a really good time. What a Friday the 13th delight. I'm, I'm so happy that we watched this one for this year's Friday the 13th. I agree with that statement. Jamie, it's snaps for you because you're all welcome. (laughs) I hope your days have been a little bit brighter. I mean, it was definitely it was definitely a fun night uh, at four. You know, well, we're recording this you know earlier, but I watched it at four twenty. It's a great time. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Should we do some uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, this is hard to guess because you have to think, are people thinking like us in that this is a great bad movie or just a bad, bad movie? (laughs) No, I think they hate it. Also, (laughs) I don't think this is going to be good. (laughs) Before we do Rotten Tomatoes, so this is the last Friday the 13th of this year, the only one. Next year, there are are two. There's one in January and there's one in October. What? Uh, yeah. And then there are two more in 2024, but I thought the October one next year is going to be super cool. Anyway, oh man, yes. what are we going to do? I don't That'd know. <laughs> um Okay, let's do let's do Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 34. Jamie. Like a like a 9. This has a 19%. The audience <laughs> score is 25%, but yeah! the, the thermometer is a 19%. And the critics' consensus is Jason goes to the future, but the story is still stuck in the past. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that's that so good. This is, is, is a 19. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, should we do the four S's? Yes. yes. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The So the four S's, as we all know, or if you're new to this podcast, as I'm going to tell you right now, are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. We are going to do skulls, scares, and shakes, one through ten, ten being the best of the ten, one, excuse me, one through X. Uh, We are doing one through X. We'll see what we have there. And then suggestions, we'll suggest another movie. Um, Let's start with you, Jamie. What are you giving this for skulls where we, how it represents mental health and human behavior? Uh, I mean, okay. I was going to, I was going to say zero. However, at least people are like screaming and reacting and trying to stop it. Um, so I think I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> Talking myself. Wow. Wow. Okay. You're all welcome. <laughs> uh Nikisha. Yeah, I was gonna give it a one. Just cause it's Jason. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a one. I don't think it's really trying, but that's okay. That's not a bad thing. That's just, you know, what we're doing here. 
Okay, so that's 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 us called scares. How scary was this movie? One through X, Jamie. Um, I will give it a. I'll give it a three. I don't think it's like super duper scary, but I do think that the kills are pretty gruesome. And I don't know why, but there's something that really unsettles me when the nanobites are rebuilding Jason. It like really skeeves me out. I can't really explain it. Sure. Um, maybe I'm anti nanobite, but um, or nanites. Uh, so yeah, that's that increased my rating. Sure. Uh, Nikisha, is this a scary to you? No, I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> one for the nitrogen kill and one for the female bot uh, taking off his legs and limbs and stuff. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm also going to give it a two for all the reasons that you both mentioned. Uh, <laughs> shakes. How much are you going to shake this? One through Jason X. <laughs> Uh, Jamie. I'll never forget this movie. I'm going to give it like a seven. I want every person I know to watch this movie. Nikisha. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a five. I want to get a huge group at my house, drink and watch this movie. Yeah, I'll give this a six. This is a memorable one, but you know, not in the same way that like Psycho is memorable. Exactly. Um, all right. Suggestions. What else are you suggesting, Jamie? Um, so I know we referenced Freddy versus Jason a few times. And since I haven't seen most of the other Jason movies, I'm going to also recommend it also because at least I think that the tone of like the, Mm. the horror comedy is there, um, more than, I mean, definitely more than the first one. Like the first one isn't funny, um, so I feel like as time goes on, you definitely get more of the humor integrated with it, but I also have another one. Um, I'm also going to recommend, um, Grindhouse, but specifically Planet Terror. Um, so that's the Robert Rodriguez film within the double feature with him and, um, Quentin Tarantino, um, but just the first one, I also didn't really like that kind of Tarantino movie. All the film bros can come for me, but I love planet Was horror or planet proof? terror. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not crazy about death proof. Um, man, there's a scene where they're just talking for like 30 minutes and the camera is just spinning in a circle with all of them talking. And I'm just like, Oh God, I can't wait till they all die. Um, <laughs> but planet terror is also just like a wild movie. Um, not in space, but like a zombie infection. Um, but it's also just a movie that I like unabashedly love and it's just a great time. So if you want to evoke a similar, uh, feeling in you, that is my recommendation. Cool. Nikisha. Yeah. My rec was Freddie versus Jason. That's, that's all I got, but I, I love that movie and it's just as, kooky also it has a one miss kelly Rowland, one third of destiny's child in freddy versus jason uh, <laughs> so that's, that's gonna be my rec cool uh i'm gonna recommend uh event horizon uh if you want some mm. space scary movie eerie movie again not 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 as nothing like this movie it's just a space no. horror movie that is similar in like that it's in space there's a really uh, gruesome kill or scene in that movie too. Mm-hmm. That's that's very unsettling. Yeah. That's all I'll say. I'm going <laughs> with Event Horizon for that one. Just have to watch it and find out. Yeah, find it's good. Um, <laughs> cool. Fantastic. Well, that wraps up our Friday the 13th episode of Talking Horror. You can follow us on all the social medias, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure, you can listen to us wherever you find podcasts, like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Uh, Five stars, please. And thank you. Yes. And thank you for the people who have been reviewing us. They've been lovely comments. Uh, 
Thank you for all of the listens and keep engaging with our TikToks. Brian is giving you guys a whole lot to discuss on there. So check it out. See, see what everyone is talking about. But that's, uh, that is it. Jamie, do you have a favorite quote in this movie you want to yell? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do I want to yell? Do I yell all of the quotes? <laughs> <You should>. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, now I got to look it up. Oh, well, the one that you said before. <laughs> Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Or are you ready? I was built ready, baby. That's oh. the robot. <laughs> just says giddy up. Um, giddy yeah. up? All, all bad. All terrible. All the above. Actually, I put one in my notes. This sucks on so many levels. I forgot who said it. <laughs> This is, you know, like, this is just a very horny movie, even if the lines aren't pertaining to the horniness. Yeah. Oh, speaking of horniness, here's here's some. Why don't you just admit it? You want me. I couldn't be with a girl whose balls are bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.